Patriots, assemble! We don't mess around. We don't waste time. Over here at his hard line. Let's go! from Washington, D.C., and giving it back to you, the people. Welcome to the show. Let's get started. Greetings and good day to all you ladies and gentlemen out there. I am Jason, your co-host with our Sovereign Lord and Savior Christ Jesus at our side because he is the host with the most and the most high. He is in charge. He is in the captain's chair. He's at the helm and behind the wheel, and therefore he is steering this great ship through these crazy rough waters that we call life. So welcome to His Heart Line. Today is Wednesday, November 8th. Excuse me. Excuse me. No, it is not. It is Tuesday, November 7th. Boy, I'm getting a day ahead of myself. And you are listening to Joe, uh, episode 630. We'll be doing a reading out of Job, chapter 30. And then we'll just have a short little discussion about going back to the gold standard. Okay, real quick for the daily disclaimer, I want to clarify that I am not a doctor, holistic health expert, financial advisor, pastor, priest, deacon, biblical scholar, bar lawyer. I do not possess any titles of nobility or offer legal advice. I do not have a political degree, nor am I involved with any unconstitutional three-letter corrupt agencies like the CIA, the DOJ, or FBI. And while I am a member of the Michigan General Jural Assembly in good lawful standing, I am not the official face or voice of the National State or County Assembly. I want to emphasize that I have no affiliation with other groups who try to mimic, well, who try to mimic the lawful assembly, such as the American States Assembly, National Liberty Life Force, Beacon 37, and yes, that 501c3 Tactical Civics or any other organization outside the Michigan model. And additionally, I am not tied to the miscreant reprobates who are struggling to destroy the lawful assembly. I'm also not a party with any Freemasons or any other cult as well as deceptive status correctors such as AVR, Bobby Lawrence, and David Strait and Company. And furthermore, I do not endorse or advocate for violence. And please note that the opinions, thoughts, and statements expressed on this platform are solely my own and for educational purpose uh, unless otherwise referenced. 
So there you all go, ladies and gentlemen. So I wasn't initially going to do a live broadcast. Actually, um, I was just going to do, in fact, I wasn't even going to do a recording drop, but um, Katie wanted to go to you know, go to the store real quick and look for some special pajamas for Haven. And so, um, so anyway, so I figured, you know what, I'm just going to capitalize on some time before I do my Bible study later tonight. And when I say my Bible study, it's not mine. I'm not hosting it. I'm actually going to one. So about a 30 minute drive. Um, so I'm doing that. Uh, my buddy Aaron does one, uh, twice a month. So pretty, pretty excited about that. Um, so anyways, but, um, so yeah, here we are. So, uh, I was looking around on real raw news and yes, I know, I know. Okay. It does say in the disclaimer that this website, in fact, the disclaimer on their website has changed three different times, but yes, it does say that this, uh, website is, you know, for satirical purposes, but it also says that it does, uh, you know, out at the direction of council. So obviously somebody is telling them, uh, you might want to put this down here, but there was a time where their where their disclaimer said some of the information, uh, some or all of the information may be true. Uh, oh, Rietta said, lost your audio. Can anybody else out there hear me? Oscar, you just chimed in. Can you hear me all right? Give me a five five if you hear me all right. Rietta said she lost my audio. Never mind, it's back. She says, okay, it must have been on her end. <laughs> See, that's what happens, Rietta, when you're gone for so long, you got to dust the cobwebs off on your speakers there for, for the His Our Line podcast. <laughs> you're getting so preoccupied with that brand new puppy there in the house. <laughs> so I'm glad it, I'm glad it's working. Um, back to what I was saying, though, with the real raw news. Um, like I said, there was a time where it said some or all of this information may be true and some of it may be satire. Okay, so their disclaimer has changed at least three different times. But that being said, take what I'm about to read off for a grain of salt. Okay, now it is very interesting because when I read these things and I keep up with what's actually going on, and, and the only reason I read these things is because I've been watching the Gitmo plane legitimately multiple trips for the last week and a half, two weeks in pairs going back and forth from Miami, Florida, or Homestead, Florida, really, down to Guantan, you know, uh, Gitmo there. So, I was just kind of curious to see, okay, well, what's going on down there? Well, the first thing that pops up says JAG, which means Judge Advocate General. The JAG hangs 250 in October. I was like, wow, like 250 people in October. Um, so when I clicked on the article, <clears throat> it just goes on to say that the United States Navy Judge Advocate General's Corp staff at Camp Blas or Blaz executed over 250 deep state felons in October sources in Guam told real raw news. And as reported in September, Jag hanged five of 100 physicians convicted of egregious COVID-19 crimes against the citizenry and promised to hang the rest when possible. You got to remember folks, Trump, when he was in office, okay, remember they built up and expanded Gitmo. Okay. Now, I know that their disclaimer says that this website is for satirical purposes, and this was, you know, obviously advised by counsel. Obviously, there are some things that, you know, lawfully, legally, and I'm sure militarily, they can't put out everything out there in the open, right? Because, again, there's still a lot of military operations going on. But um, 
like I said, just take what I'm reading off this website for a grain of salt, but just keep in mind too, that <laughs> what I have kind of seen to be true kind of resonates with me with what I'm reading on here. It's pretty interesting, but yeah. So five out of hundred physicians so far have been hanged for the egregious COVID-19 shots. So well, that's pretty good. Um, but I was kind of scrolling down through here. What else is here? What else? So I'm just going to go blast through a few of these headlines real quick. I'm not going to read anything, but next one says white hat stop deep state plan to use IEDs at the world series, Texan Rangers parade. Uh, next article says white hats investigate possibility of foul play regarding general Smith's heart attack. Uh, Letitia James is arrested. That's another one. Janet Yellen hanged at Gitmo. Boy, that'd be great. That would be great. Um, oh, here's another one. It says, yes, Katie Hobbs is at Gitmo awaiting a military tribunal. Let's see. Jag convicts, convicts Janet Yellen for treason. Uh, what else we got here? So anyway, but yeah. Oh, wait, what is it? Special Forces Spetnaz team crushes adrenochrome cartel in Ukraine. That's amazing. Hopefully that's true. And Mark Milley hanged at Gitmo. Again, folks, again, take all of that for a grain of salt. Okay. That is not to be corroborated. I cannot corroborate that information. I cannot verify that information. So before I start getting any hate mail from people like Jason, you can't say that stuff. Okay. Again, for, we'll just say this segment of the show is for entertainment purposes only for my, to cover my bases. There we go. Okay. But it is rather interesting considering how many Gitmo planes I have been seeing on the radar myself, okay, that I've been tracking, not Monkey Works, not Derek Johnson, that I've been tracking myself. That Gitmo plane, planes, has been going back and forth, making a lot of rounds, and it's been really nice to see. So, <clears throat> um, Rita asked a very good question. She says, how would we know if these things are or aren't true so much deception very very true statement it's a true assessment and i will just respond by saying this with the 21 requisitions i was informed that there is a certain piece of one of those requisitions that will display everything out in full view in public like public tv stuff like that that is part in parcel of some of the requisitions. That said, it's also very hard to dispute when you see a bunch of Gitmo planes going back and forth from Florida to Cuba, to Florida to Cuba, flying in pairs and seeing all the military traffic above and knowing what the executive orders are that Trump signed into place and knowing really what's going on based off of what you can read online that trump has put into place it's pretty evident what's going on now back to the story with with real raw news yes we will never know yet how true this is that being said that being said that's why i said you got to take all of this for a grain of salt all right you got to take all this for a grain of salt so there's that um the next on the agenda here that i want to cover real quick <clears throat> So this was interesting because I was listening to Kirk's Law Corner yesterday. So I decided to look into it myself. Now, as you all know, the United States uh, Corporation, that is, officially went off the gold standard. What was it? Back in October 15th, 1971, right? When Nixon announced the suspension of the U.S. dollar's convertibility into gold. Now, this event at that time marked the end of the Bretton Woods system which had pegged the value of the U.S. dollar to a fixed amount of gold. 
All right. Now, in March of 2023, that would be this year, there was a significant legislative act that was introduced to the House of Representatives. Now, I know, folks, before you start chopping my head off, because, again, I'm part of the Assembly, which is a de jure system under common law. But again, we have to look at the grand scale of the grand scheme of things, right? The, the bigger picture, because I don't know specifically what's in all 21 requisitions. I know it's in about 13 or 14 of them, but there's still six or seven of them, um, at least seven, that I don't know about. Why? Because they are being fulfilled as we speak, and they cannot be put out there in the public purview until they are done. But I find it interesting how the U.S. House of Representatives, there was a bill, a legislative act that was brought to the House in the de facto. But again, because you got to remember, we are in a continuity of government. So that's why I find this very interesting to kind of pay a little attention to. And this, this act is seeking to redefine the dollar as a fixed weight of gold. Now, this proposed bill was sponsored by uh, a Mr. Mooney. I don't even know who that is. And it does touch upon several key issues and potential implications for the U.S. economy. Now, this bill, which is called H.R. 25, excuse me, H.R. 2435. And it begins with a set of findings that highlight the erosion of the purchasing power of the Federal Reserve debt note over the years. Now, it states that the dollar has lost over 30% of its value since 2000, okay? So in the last 23 years, the dollar or the federal debt note has lost over 30%, which I find to be kind of shocking. I figured it would have been more than that. But a staggering 97% has been lost since the Federal Reserve Act was passed in 1913. Now, it also emphasizes that under the Federal Reserve's 2% inflation target, the dollar losses half its value, excuse me, the, the dollar loses half its value every generation or approximately 35 years. Now, one of the key arguments made in the bill is the adverse impact of Federal Reserve actions on inflation. So it, what it does is it points to the instances, particularly in 2021 and 2022, when the Federal Reserve's policies contributed to the inflation rate of 8% or higher, leading to increased living costs for many Americans. Now, the bill also argues that American families need long-term price stability to meet their financial needs, save for their future, and to plan for retirement. And it also suggested that the current monetary policy, which favors long-term inflation, has made American manufacturing less competitive, resulting in more than 40% increase in the cost of U.S. manufacturing goods since 2000. That's a pretty hefty increase considering the fact of all that, you know, all that cost gets basically uh, shifted down to us, the consumer. Now, furthermore, the bill makes a case for the gold standard, emphasizing its potential to put control of the money supply in the hands of the market rather than the Federal Reserve. That's right. Federal Reserve should not even be in charge of coining money anyways. And it claims that the gold standard discourages excessive deficit spending and encourages the balancing of federal budgets. Well, guess what? You know what that means, ladies and gentlemen? Bye-bye bureaucratic freaking agencies, FBI, DOG, DOJ, CIA, EPA. 
other alphabet nonsense agencies that are only there for self-enrichment instead of serving the people. Bye-bye, bureaucracies. Bye-bye. Wait, wait, wait. Bye, Felicia. <laughs> Rihanna beat me to it in the chat. That's right. Bye-bye, Felicia. And so the bill acknowledges the historical success of the gold standard, pointing out that from 1775 to the year 1913, the U.S. economy experienced an annual average growth rate of 4%, significantly higher than the growth rate since then. So basically, in conclusion, this proposed act, which again is about getting gold backing the dollar again, okay, it's the, the, the gold standard um, bringing back the gold standard act, right? Uh, but this proposed act aims to define the dollar in terms of fixed weight of gold with the intention of restoring price stability and reviving American manufacturing and putting control of the money supply back in the hands of the market. And it's also noteworthy. Um, and it's, let's face it, this has been not only a noteworthy, you know, um, proposal, but it's been a controversial one at that because, you know, some are saying that this could have far-reaching consequences for the U.S. economy if it were to become law. Well, how? The act, I think, honestly, I think this bill is going to be one of the greatest things that takes place. Again, could this be part of one of the 21 requisitions? It very well could be. I don't know. But the fact that this is something that was proposed and brought to the floor, I think, is an amazing thing to see. Considering the fact that we do need to get back to a gold standard, we do need our money to be coined and have an actual proper weights and measures that backs it up and not by some petrodollar that some Federal Reserve and international bankers can just, you know, turn on the printer and just, just print whatever they want. And then that's how inflation ends up killing us in our own pockets. Now, um, I want to play a little audio piece before we get into the reading of Job chapter 30. Um, this is uh, a guy that I listen to off and on, Bedros Koulian. He's the guy uh, that is the CEO of Fit Body Bootcamp. Um, two different audio pieces, but I blended it into one. It's about a minute and a half long. Uh, give this a listen to. I really like what this guy says. Just listen to this because there's some very valuable lessons that need to be taken away from here. If I had evil intentions to mobilize my own military and to take over this country so that I could get greater control and compliance over the citizens of this country, I wouldn't be worried about the elderly standing up in opposition against me. I certainly wouldn't be worried about the women and the children standing up in opposition against me. I might be worried about the men, the able-bodied men who would stand up in opposition against me and stop me from taking over this country. And so before I did, I would attempt to demoralize them, to make them dumb, dopey, and dependent. I would call them toxic. I would spend years stripping away their masculinity and their identity of who they are and their core foundation of how they act. And it is at that point that I could easily walk in and take this country from them without firing a single shot. That's right. And this is one of the reasons why they try to demoralize men. That's why they try to spread pornography and smut all over the web. And they try to paint up images in the minds of men and women. Let's face it, everybody in movies and commercials and magazines and mainstream media and social media of what, what? society deems to be sexy, right? What society deems to be what you need to strive to be, right? 
it, it strives again to demoralize a nation. You demoralize a nation, you take away its core foundations of, of, of what it means to have a strong family. You take away the family you, by taking away the father. Okay, again, strong nations equal strong, or I should say strong families equal strong nations, but you can't have strong families without a strong marriage. Now, how do you how do you weaken a strong marriage? Well, you start corrupting it with Satan's, you know, tools from the toolbox there. And a big part of it is the love of money, prostitution, you know, like buying sex, like we were talking about yesterday in yesterday's show, right? Uh, pornography, drugs, alcohol. That's what destroys a, a marriage. You destroy the marriage, you destroy the nation. You destroy the nation, it becomes easier to take over. This is why they want to try to raise up a bunch of soy boys in these Antifa groups, and they try to get them to drink these soy lattes and get them to be more feminized and pump them full of soy. You see how this works, folks? I'm not, I wish I was being funny when I'm saying this, but because I'm not. But this is what they've been trying to do. This was their long game to try to weaken men, to make men more feminized, to increase the estrogen levels in men. So men become more like little sissy girl boys. See how that works? And this is why they do that, because they know that little sissy girl boys will not stand up and to defend a nation and become a member of the assembly or join the military or by golly, just grab some guns and, and just start, you know, being deputized by a sheriff and defending the town. The next audio is very interesting too. Listen to this again, back to the system on how the system, the opposition being big brother government tries to enslave us. This is one of the reasons why we got to get back to the gold standard and get rid of unconstitutional taxes. Listen. The opposition being big government, they want control compliance over you in every way. They want to know where you're going. They want to know how you're spending your money. They're taxing your money when you make your money. They're taxing your money when you spend your money. They're taxing your money when you die. And the opposition wants to erode your freedoms. The opposition wants to erode your constitutional rights. The opposition wants you to become a modern day slave. And if they can put you in the slave mindset where you're just going to make enough money to barely get by and somehow for whatever reason, be grateful that at least you have enough food for today, enough water for today. You got a mediocre little hovel that you live in that you're supposed to be grateful. Yeah. And that was a big swear word that he said. He says, F that S H I T. <laughs> I was like, I am not playing that part on the show. That is some pretty heavy language, but outside of his heavy, colorful language at the end of that video, um, he makes a very good point. I mean, right from the day one, when we when we go and step into work and we clock in um, and then we, you know, we put in our week or two weeks, depending on when you get paid for us, it's every other week. You know, you get we get nailed by state taxes, federal income taxes, obviously Social Security nonsense. Right. And then you get this awesome, you know, what they call your net pay. Right. That's after, you know, big brother freaking gangster government takes their cut. All right. Now you got your net paycheck in your pocket. Woohoo. It's time to have some fun. But unfortunately, because of all this inflation and all this nonsense that we've been dealing with because of the endless printing, because we have a Federal Reserve debt note that's not backed by the U.S. by, by gold. OK, we don't have true constitutional money. It's worthless paper. The only reason it still has validity is because we still have an asl a sleepy population that for some stupid reason has confidence in it. Hence why I think we're going to start seeing more events like we just saw this past Friday, where, like I said, if you were asleep or you didn't have a paycheck come in on Friday, then you probably missed out on it if you don't watch the mainstream news. But those people who have paydays this past Friday, and if they had banks, 
guess what? They did not get their direct deposit. But for those of us who have bank accounts, or excuse me, I should say accounts with credit unions, none of us were affected. Um, the credit unions, uh, for some reason, the automatic clearinghouse for the credit unions allowed paychecks to go through. But for some of the bigger banks, U.S. Bank, Bank of America, Huntington, J.P. Morgan Chase, PNC, all those people who were expecting, you know, direct deposits this past Friday didn't get it. And you know how many people were freaking out because of overdraft fees? They had no idea. Honestly, folks, you know what I call that? I call that a big wake up call. And I've been trying to tell people, get your money out of the big banks, because this right here is a warning shot. This right here should tell you right now, get your asses out of the banks and get yourself into a credit union because you think this is going to stop with just that. I don't think so. I absolutely don't think so. In fact, it's only going to get worse. It's going to come to a point where debit cards are then finally going to start to not be rendered useful. Okay. Hence why I keep telling you, have cash on hand, have precious metals on hand. I'm not saying this stuff to fear porn, you guys. I'm trying to tell you because look at Friday as an exhibit A. You think it's going to stop there? Guess again. Okay. But then once you get your paycheck, okay, assuming that the bank doesn't mess with it and you get your paycheck, then you get after getting state tax and federal tax and, and social security tax, then every year, what do you got to do? Then you got to pay property taxes on your home every year, like clockwork. Then what else you got to pay taxes on? You got to pay taxes on your groceries or you got to pay taxes on the consuming, you know, the consumer goods that you pay for. Then what else you got to pay tax? Or, oh, that's right. You got to pay tax on, on gasoline. Then what else do you got to pay tax on? Oh, if you then if you're putting in money in the retirement, guess what? Then you got to pay tax on that when you pull that money out later. If it's not a Roth 401k, you see how this continues to go. Just like you even said, even after you die, guess what? There's a death tax. Now, at that point, it's really out of your hands and you shouldn't really give a crap at that point anyway, because you'll be hanging out with father in heaven, hopefully, and not in the, not in the lake of fire. But still, somebody here on this earth still has to deal with those death taxes. And that is the slavery system that they've set up. And this is the slave system that we have to destroy. This is one of the reasons why we need to get back to gold-backed monetary system, gold-backed money, simple and honest banking and credit unions, and no more of this fraudulent system. This is part of what we're going back towards. This is going back to having a de jure constitutional Republican form of government, ladies and gentlemen. I don't know how any other way to explain it. This is why joining your local general general assembly on the county and state level is so relevant. All right, enough of all that nonsense. Actually, I, I, sh I, don't, I shouldn't call it nonsense, but enough of that ranting. Let's get into the reading of Job chapter 30. Now I'm reading out of the Dewey Reams 1899 American edition Bible. I like to bounce around from different Bibles. I was reading out of the 1599 Geneva Bible. So now we're in the Dewey Reams or Rames, however you pronounce that, 1899 American edition. Starting with verse one, and it reads, but now the younger in time scorn me, whose fathers I would not have set with the dogs of my flock, the strength of whose hands was to me as nothing, and they were thought unworthy of life itself. Barren with want and hunger, who gnawed in the wilderness, and disfigured with calamity and misery. And they ate grass and barks off trees, and the root of junipers was their food. Who snatched up these things out of the valleys? And when they had found out of them, they ran to them with a cry. They dwelt in the desert places of torrents and in caves of earths and upon the gravel. They pleased themselves among these kind of things and counted it delightful to be under the briars. The children of foolish and base men and not appearing at all upon the earth. Now I am turned into their song and... and 
am become their byword. They abhor me and flee far from me and are not afraid to spit in my face. For he has opened his quiver and has afflicted me and has put a bridle into my mouth. And at the right hand of my rising, my calamities forthwith arose. They have overthrown my feet and have overwhelmed me with their paths as with waves. They have destroyed my ways. They have lain in wait against me, and they have prevailed, and there was none to help. They have rushed in upon me as well as a wall is broken and a gate opened and have rolled themselves down to my miseries. I am brought to nothing as a wind thou hast taken away my desire, and my prosperity hath passed away like a cloud and now my soul fades within myself and the days of affliction process possess me in the night my bone is pierced with sorrows and they they that feed upon me do not sleep with the multitude of them my garments is consumed and they have girded me about as with the collar of my coat I am compared to dirt and am likened to embers and ashes. I cry to thee and thou hearest me not. I stand up and thou dost not regard me. Thou art changed to be cruel toward me and in the hardness of thy hand thou art against me and thou hast lifted me up and set me as it were upon the wind and thou hast mightily dashed me. I know that thou wilt deliver me to death where a house is appointed for everyone that lives, but yet thou stretchest not forth thy hand into their consumption, and if they shall fall down, thou wilt save. I wept heretofore for him that was afflicted, and my soul had compassion on the poor. I expected good things, and evils are come upon me. I waited for light, and darkness broke out. My inner parts have boiled without any rest. The days of affliction have prevented me. I went mourning without indignation. I rose up and cried in the crowd. I was the brother of dragons and companions of ostriches. My skin is become black upon me and my bones are dried up with heat. My harp is turned into mourning and my organ unto the voice of those that weep. And that is the reading of Job chapter 30 verses 1 through 31. So in the middle of all this adversity, Job is speaking from a very profound sense of abandonment and suffering. He likens himself to the lowest of the lowest of the lowest of society, right? To those who, who gnawed in the wilderness and subsisted on the most meager of substance, right? Substance. Now, not, let's not overlook the fact that Job held status once upon a time. He held a lot of status. And because of how he impacted others, he was also known for his wealth he amassed in his time. I mean, Job felt as though his life had been reduced to absolute nothing and his very essence consumed by sorrow and distress. Now, in the depths of his despair, he cried out to the heavens, but it seemed that his pleas went unanswered. They went unanswered, at least to him. And Job felt as though he had been cast aside to be forgotten, forsaken, right? Forsaken by the very hand that once lifted him up. His prosperity, just like that, poof, evaporated like a fleeting cloud, leaving him in a state of desolation. And the vivid imagery of Job's limitation serves as a very poignant reminder of the struggles that we all encounter in our journey through life. 
And we've all known moments when our dreams crumbled and our hopes were dashed, right? And our path seemed just shrouded in complete darkness. But yet amidst this despair, we find a very, very profound and enduring message in all this. Well, what's that, Jason? Man's spirit for resilience. Man's spirit for resilience. Because despite the harshest of circumstances, Job clung to his faith and persisted in his cry for understanding. He mourned. He mourned, not in anger, but in a search for, you know, for peace and comprehension. He just wanted to understand, why am I going through this nonsense? This sucks, but why am I going through this? See, in our own lives, we too may confront um, very seemingly insurmountable challenges, right? Setbacks, disappointments, we have always are going to deal with that. But we need to remember that the strength within us and the power that we have within us to endure and to rise above adversity is very strong. And it is precisely during those darkest hours, our darkest hours, that we must lean not just on our faith, but also lean on God to find strength to keep moving forward. So ladies and gentlemen, let this ancient lamentation that we read from Job remind us of the indomitable human spirit and the importance of perseverance in the face of life's trials, because we're all going to have them and we are not exempt from them. We need to draw inspiration from Job because he had a very unwavering resolve. And like him, we too can transform our own sorrow and our own, you know, disparity that we may go through into a song of hope and resilience and our mourning into a melody of faith and perseverance. So may this reflection strengthen our hearts and spirits as we face the challenges of our own lives. We need to find the wisdom to endure and the courage to sing our own song of triumph. Ladies and gentlemen, let's end this in prayer. Heavenly father, in the midst of these trials, and tribulations that we may be possibly going through right now actively, we turn to you just as Job did in his time of suffering. We acknowledge that life can be filled with hardships. They can be filled with despair. But we trust in your wisdom and we trust in your strength. Father, we ask for help, especially some of, some of us need it more than others. And like Job did, we ask that you can help us find resilience to endure the challenges that come our way and grant us the patience to navigate through the dark moments when they arise, knowing that your light will eventually shine upon us. And as Job cried out to you for understanding and relief, we also seek your guidance and comfort. And may we never lose faith in your love and providence, even when the path is difficult to see. And we also ask that you help us find peace in your presence and strength in your promises and during our moments of despair, if they should arise, we just ask that during those moments, just help us remember the example of Job, who ultimately found restoration in blessings after his own trials. And we pray all of this, unless Rietta has something she's going to chime in with, we do pray all these things in your holy son's name, Jesus. Amen. We'll do a PS prayer. She's a little late on it, but... Um, she's been so busy. She usually does a little extra prayer on top of the prayer. Been missing that. So anyway, um, 
but anyways, like I said, folks, um, didn't mean to kind of spark up a, you know, spur of the moment live broadcast, um, wasn't even going to do anything today. Cause like I said, I only had limited time, but I got out of work a little early. I wasn't even going to do a podcast drop. Um, so I'm going to go into a Bible study later. It's a men's Bible study. It's a 30 minute drive. It starts at six o'clock. So I got to go hop in the shower and, uh, you know, just kind of get, you know, somewhat presentable so I can not smell like gas. And then, uh, yeah. And then I suppose we will see you back here maybe tomorrow night, but if not tomorrow night, Thursday morning for sure. Okay. I'm not sure Thursday morning for sure. If I don't do a podcast tomorrow night, we'll see. Also, I've been talking with Josh Lehman, uh, at the Missouri general general assembly. Uh, we might have him on the show at some point. He has uh, some really excellent stuff that he's been reading and learning regarding law. So he actually now has something to contribute to the show. So he's actually really looking forward to doing that. Um, continue to pray for Brock that he, you know, feels better and, and you know, that just, you know, just continue to pray for Brock. In fact, we pray for everybody in the assembly because we're all getting attacked to some varying, you know, varying degree. All right. Uh, when you're working for the side of righteousness and for God, that's when the spiritual warfare really kicks it up into high gear because they know if we're working on behalf of God, they're going to try to attack us every which way they can. That's the way this war works. Okay. This ain't a Republican Democrat thing. This is a war of good and evil. It always has been. And things are starting to come to a head. But what we need to remember is keep our faith in Jesus. Keep, you know, keep, keep, um, keep, um, Boy, I'm losing words now. Keep God always on your mind. Open up that Bible. Keep Christ in your heart. We are going to be just fine. We are going to be just a-okay, okay? But you just got to hang in on that faith, all right? We have to keep grounded. We have to keep God at the center of all we do. And all we are, and always remain in a state of gratitude. No matter how bad things may seem, always be grateful and say thank you for all that you have. Okay. I know it sounds so cliche, but you'd be surprised at how much that will lift you up in your life. Just be grateful for all the things you have. Ladies and gentlemen, this is all we have for tonight. I hope you have a great day or night wherever you are in the world. God bless. And remember, as it states in Matthew 7, 7, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be open to you. God bless, ladies and gentlemen. Is not which party controls our government, but whether our government is controlled by the people. For too long, a small group in our nation's capital has reaped the rewards of government while the people have borne the cost. The establishment protected itself, but not the citizens of our country. That all changes starting right here and right now.